Hey, this is Pastor Sean Beatty from Clovis Hills Community Church. We're so glad you're listening to our podcast. If you want more information about the church, go to www.clovishills.com or you can download our app in your iTunes or Google Play Store. Enjoy the podcast. Hey, um, how's everyone doing? All right, all right. I want to say good morning to our online community. Um, it, it's, it's like a growing community. It's getting bigger and bigger. People watching on Facebook Live and uh, good morning to you guys. There's I used to give them a hard time because I'd say they were slackers that aren't going to church. But I'm going to be honest, there's a lot of people that watch it that are out of town or they're out of the country or they don't, they're, they're not from here. And um, that's growing. And I just want to acknowledge them. And uh, we love them, right? Amen. Give them a hand. Yeah. Way to be faithful online. So good job. Um, you know, t- today we're going we're gonna to be uh, talking about the nativity, really, about the, the, the star and, and that, that whole scene. And I was, you know, strumming through Amazon, kind of just shopping, and uh, I came across a nativity set. It's, it's like the modern hipster nativity set, <laughs> which is crazy to me. And it comes, um, it's equipped with the three wise men donning skinny jeans and mustaches and jorts and fabulous scarves and all kinds of stuff. They're carrying their gold and frankincense and myrrh in Amazon boxes. So there you go, you know. Um, Joseph and Mary are taking a, a selfie with baby, their new baby Jesus and, and their pour-over coffee. Um, it's like, th- this is the Tower District um, nativity. And then the shepherd, this one's my favorite. The shepherd's missing the birth of the savior of the world because he's busy watching PewDiePie on his phone. Um, if you don't know who PewDiePie is, that's about 90% of the room would not know that, but this row. Okay, so anyways, and that row. So, um, then the animals in this thing. So they have um, sheep, and instead of the sheep wearing, uh, instead of people wearing wool sweaters, we have a PETA-approved sweater for a sheep because it's made with the hair of angry Republicans. So um, next, you have um, organic grass-fed beef eating gluten-free food. So welcome to the 21st century nativity. That thing is $79. Who buys that? That's crazy. Do you have money just burning a hole in your pocket? Um, you know, so maybe, maybe that's not your nativity. It costs too much, whatever. Maybe you need to do your nativity on a budget, right? Well, you know, we have the budget one too. You can just use Coke cans. You've got Jesus and Maria and Joseph and, you know, it's all good. Um, but I don't do those anymore. I don't do nativities anymore because cats ruin everything. Cats ruin nativities. They desecrate them. So I call this next one payback, is what I like to call this next one. Take that, kitty. And then this next one, the kitty says, take that, beady, to me. Uh, I'm going to eat Joseph. So here's the deal. This morning, we're going to learn about the Magi. And the Magi came to worship Jesus. But you can only worship something you're in awe of. You can only worship something you're in awe of. My friend Rick is going to come out and he's going to read Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 through 11. And we're going to read the story of the Magi. And I would love it if you're able to right now, if you would rise to your feet in honor of God's word and we will read it together. From the word of God, Matthew 2, verses 1 through 11. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, During the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, 
where is the one who has been born king of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed and all of Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. In Bethlehem, in Judah, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go forth, search carefully for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me so that I too may go and worship him. After they heard the king, they went on their way, and the star they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. This is the word of the Lord. Amen. So if you have your outline, um, number, number one, I want to talk to you about what, what is your true north? See, the, the magi... They were, um, they were ast- astrologers. They, they studied astrology. And, um, you know, if you were lost in the ocean and you're just on a boat in the middle of the night and you didn't have your iPhone or even worse, you didn't have your Samsung Galaxy X- S9, uh, the only way you could navigate and you didn't have a compass or anything, and this is the way the ancients navigated for thousands of years, is they would look to the night sky. They would look, they would find the the Orion, the constellation Orion. And from Orion, they would find the North Star. And that would be their true north. And they would know where north is and they could navigate based on where that star is. And here's the thing. Every human on earth has a true north. And here's what I mean by that. Is that in your life... Um, You have a worldview, you have a way you see the world, and when life gets shaken up, when you get lost, when something bad happens, when, when, when tough times come and you get thrown aside and you feel lost, eventually you have something that you believe, that you hold tight to, that kind of resets you and you start going north again. All of us have it, because here's the truth of the matter. If you're a human being, you have to believe in something. It may be God, it may be Jesus, it may be other things. For the Magi, all they knew is what they were brought up to know was astrology. Now, um, it's it's fascinating to me, because I grew up... um, And I started going to church with my neighbors, and I went to a really strict, conservative, fundamentalist Bible church, and that's kind of where I I, I became a disciple of Jesus as well. And they always taught me, like, stay away from astrology. That's of the devil. Foosballs of the devil, right? To quote the water boy. And you stay away from it because you might get attacked by a demon. And we were always like, oh, the devil's under there. And, you know, we were scared. So you stay away from that. So I stayed away from that. And then as I got older... Um, I realized that like it wasn't really demonic, it was just silly. Because the, the truth of the matter is, I'm a Gemini. And you're trying to tell me that everyone that was born between April, uh, 
I, I think it's like April 21st and June 21st, we all have the exact same personality and the same thing's gonna happen to all of us on this planet today. You're really trying to tell me that. Okay, so I mean, that's what I realized. Like, oh, okay. And I get it. Some of you are like, oh, well, you believe that a guy that said he was God rose from the dead. I do, but let me explain. I'm with you. But we all have a true north. That's the truth of the matter. And, 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 and here, here's the thing. Um, Ken Blanchard, he said it really well. And I, I've always used this analogy because I, I just believe it's, it's kind of, it, it just works really well. Is we're all like a tube of toothpaste, Right? And, and when you squeeze it, whatever is in you will come out when you get squeezed in life. When tough times come, whatever is in you will come out. If you're full of fear, that'll come out of you. If you're full of hate, that'll come out of you. If you're full of anxiety, that'll come out of you. If you're full of joy, that'll come out of you. If you're full of peace, that's what will come out of you. And here's the thing about a tube of toothpaste. When you squeeze a tube of toothpaste and whatever's in it comes out, you can't put it back in, can you? And for some of us, there's been times in our life when we got squozen, when life squoze us, and what came out was embarrassing to us. I'm going to give you a great example. Yesterday, um, we did the funeral for John Davidson, that's Stephen Shirley's son who um, passed away last week. And by, by the way... Um, we are a blessed church, and let me tell you why. First and foremost, last week, I get a phone call at 4 a.m., and it's Steve, and he says, Sean, John's in the ER, and he's brain dead, and I don't know what to do. I'm supposed to preach this morning. I'm like, oh, my gosh. So I just, boom, get up, throw some clothes on, and drive down to the hospital, because John's my friend, too. And we get down there, and... Um, I was able to pray with him and do all that. But driving down to the hospital, I'm like, oh my gosh, Steve was supposed to preach on Sunday morning and I'm preaching at another church at 9, 9.15. And oh no, oh no. So I go, oh, I'm gonna call Scott. He's supposed to preach at the commons. I'll tell him. So I call 4.30 a.m. He doesn't answer the phone. I text him, hey, call me, man. It's important. 5 a.m., call him. Doesn't answer the phone. Call me, man. It's important. 5.30 a.m., call me, man. Call him at 5.45, 6 o'clock, 6.30. Call him at 7 o'clock, he's still not answering the phone. We're supposed to pray at 8. At 7.15, he comes in and this flip-flops, hey, man, what's up, dude? And I'm like, guess what? You're preaching in, in, in an hour and 45 minutes. Good luck, I gotta go. And the dude brought it. I mean, we are, we are blessed to have that guy. And to be honest... Such a deep bench um, to, to have him, to have Steve, to have Mitch. Like, it's very humbling, to be honest. And like, every time they preach, I'm like, oh no, I've got to get better at this. Um, so, when you get squozen, though, what comes out of you is, is really who you are. And yesterday at that funeral, I watched two people that saw their son die senselessly. I've watched them all week be squozen as tight as can be, and everything that has come out of them has been grace and peace in the midst of that. And you can tell where their true north is because their world was rocked and they were lost, and, 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 and 
it, it, it took them a few days, but they, boom, and Christ is our peace. Everlasting life is our peace. We will see John again. We're going to cling to that hope. We're going to have that. And, and boom, they, they went right to it. But here's the thing. That some, some people, they'll say that Jesus is their true north, but he's not really. Because if you, if you were to shake them, do you know where they go? They go right to politics, or they go right to um, some other worldview, or they go, you know, they, they, go, they go right to science. I believe in science, to quote um, Nacho Libre, right? And, and, and the, the truth of the matter is, all of you have something that you go to to try and make sense of the world when the world doesn't make sense. These magi, it was the stars. But I want you to know something. God had a plan for them. So um, we've, you know, there's a prevalent worldview, um, and, and, and for some people, they'll say, well, I believe in love. That's what I believe in. You know, but the truth is, when, when, when their world is rocked, um, lo- love isn't their true north. They, they're, they're lost. Or they'll say, I just believe, you know, I don't have like a, a firm religious belief. I just believe in all of them, and I believe they're all true, and they're all right. You know, and, and that, that's a, I understand that's a very well-meaning statement, to be honest, because you don't want to disparage the religions out there. And then you, you end up getting some kind of weird bumper sticker theology, right? Like you can't base your true north on a bumper sticker. You end up getting like the, the coexist bumper sticker, right? Which is great where they'll say, you know, can't we all just get along? And you're right. We probably all should get along, right? So if you're out fighting Muslims, stop it. I don't know any of you in my church that are, so good job. But here's the thing. Usually what that is, though, is that, that is saying, you know, there's, there's many paths to God, and, and they're making that their claim is absolute truth, that there's not one way to God. There, there's many. And, and I, under, I understand that's well-meaning, but, you know, when you tell a, a Muslim who, who believes that Muhammad is the prophet and the only way to Allah is through the writings of Muhammad and the, the principles of Islam, and that's the only way. And then you tell a Jew who believes that the God of Israel is the only true God and you only through the worship of him. And then you tell a Christian that, who believes that Jesus is not just the son of God, but God incarnate, and he's the, he's the only way. You're, you're, and you're saying, I know you guys believe that, but really you're all wrong and you should just believe what I believe. You've just done exactly what they're doing and you've excluded two-thirds of the planet. By saying that. See, here's the thing. Either Jesus is who he said he was, or he's not at all. He doesn't get to be in that club. Because he said this in, in John chapter 14, 6. He said, I am the way, the way, not a way. He said, I am the way, the truth, the truth, and the life. And then he said, no one comes to the Father but through me. No one comes to the Father but through me. And, and I, I want you to think about that because if he's wrong, then we should just all go home and watch football because the Chiefs and the Ravens are playing and I want the Ravens to beat them really bad. So anyways, but, but if, if he's right, there's no in-between on that one. He's either wrong about it or he's right. And, and if he's right, though, that means something. That means he's the way. And the, the truth is this, is that 
all people, like your, your true north may be like, hey, I just want to be a good person. I just want to love people and I want to care for people. And at the end of my life, I want them to say that was a good person and hopefully God will let me into heaven. And that, that, I, I get that. That's very well-meaning. But you have to understand something. What the Bible tells us, what Jesus tells us is that our sin, that everyone on the planet is sinful and separated from God. Even the best people in the world. Think of the best person you know. The Bible says they're sinful and separated from God. Mother Teresa, one of the greatest humans to walk in the 20th century, she would tell you she's sinful. She's utterly sinful. Even in her greatest deeds, they had all kinds of mixed motives in them. Uh, Billy Graham would tell you, um, and you could go along all the great saints of Christianity, Augustine, Dave Love, um, a, a long way. They'll all tell you this. No matter how good they are, they'll all tell you, and it's not just them being humble, it's what they know, because they know themselves, is that they're, to their core, they're sinful. And they may be further down the road than you or I, as far as how they live their life out, but they're still sinful. And the Bible says, for the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus. And here's the deal. It said in John 1.12, it said, But as many as received him, that to those who believed in his name, if you receive him, you've been given the right to become children of God. It says in Romans, it says, If you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you'll be saved. One of the ways, you know, we kind of practice that here at Clovis Hills is, um, you know, later on in the service, um, I will... Pray a prayer, and some of you, um, God's going to be knocking at the door of your heart, and he's going to call you to make a decision for him. And one of the ways, and, and, that, and you, the way you believe in your heart is you just pray. You just say, Lord, I, I need you. Right? And, and you invite Jesus in. But the, one of the ways we, we confess with our mouth here is we, we, we give, when, when you make that prayer legit in your heart, is we, we ask you to come forward in front of everyone and get a light bulb, because now... Here's what's happened, is the light of the world, Jesus now lives in you. And now you're the light of the world. And you take that bulb and you put it in that, that light bright sign over there, and it's Jesus' life, light, and I'll tell you later what, it, what the last one says. And it's a way for you to mark the day, that today, on the 9th of December, I heard from God, and he called me to him, and I'm his and he's mine now. And it's a way you confess with your mouth. Another way you confess with your mouth and Christians have done it for 2,000 years, we didn't invent this one, is baptism. That you, you know, when you make the decision, you believe in your heart, that the next step is you go get baptized, and that's a way of confessing to the world, I'm with Jesus. I'm trusting in Jesus for the payment of my sins. So, these magi, they come to Jesus and they bring gold, frankincense, and myrrh, and they're, they're there, and they're astrologers. And you have to understand the, the dynamics that's going on right, right now. See, these, these magi are considered outsiders. They're considered pagans. They practice witchcraft, a pagan thing. And, and to the Jews of that day, that, that was like, that's bad. Um, but, but I have to understand, the, these uh, magi from the east, there was a, a philosopher in the first century named Philo. He was a historian and a philosopher. And he talked about how, how magi from this part of the world were really kind of the first, they, the, like, proto-scientists. They practiced astrology before there was astronomy. But these guys did more than just try and find out what the future was in the stars. They were watching the patterns of the stars and how the universe worked. And Philo called them some of the, the most learned men on the planet. And um, 
So they, they come. So the, the, the question is, you've all got a true north. What is yours? Theirs was astrology. Is yours politics? Is it science? Is it some bumper sticker theology you've held to? Or is it Jesus, your true north? Number two, it says, how can you trust your true north? How do you know? That's the, that's the thing that's gonna sustain you. Because I, I do know this, um, there's a lot of things that'll sustain you in tough times besides Jesus. But I know this, when you face your own mortality, I was at the hospital last night in, um, at St. Agnes with a guy, he's in his late 70s, he has stage four pancreatic cancer. And um, when he first got diagnosed with stage four pancreatic cancer, he came to grips with his mortality and he realized that his true north didn't work when he was dead. And as an old man, he started coming to church every week and he made a deal with his buddy who was a Christian. He said, ah, I'll come to church once a month. You know, it's like drinking. You don't want to do too much. You do Jesus in, you know, in, in moderation, right? And um, he came one week and he, uh, the Lord spoke to him and he gave his life to Christ that week. And he's been every week for the last year and a half. He got baptized as an old man here. He just is, God, he's in my growth group. And your mortality will shake your true north and let you know if you can trust it or not. I want you to think, think about that. Because if you're getting your true north from three hours a day on AM radio, that ain't gonna help you when you die. Alex Jones and Sean Hannity could give a crap about you. I'm just letting you know. I'm letting you know. Muhammad doesn't know who you are, doesn't care who you are. He's dead. Buddha didn't come for you. He could care less who you are. If you believe what he believes, it's, it, it's not an issue to him. Only Jesus, the Bible says in John chapter 1, it said, in the beginning was the Logos. The Logos was a Greek word for like the, the life-giving force of the universe. That's what the, how the Greeks used that word. It said, in the beginning, John said this, in the beginning was the Logos, and the Logos was with God, and the Logos was God. And then in verse 14, it says, the Logos, the life-giving force of the universe, became flesh and dwelt among us. I love how Eugene Peterson translated it. He said, the Logos put on skin and bones and moved into the neighborhood. See, and the only one who cares about you and knows you and knows every hair on your head, knows every struggle you have, every anxiety you have is Jesus. And he loved you so much, he came for you. Buddha didn't come for you. Muhammad didn't come for you. Sean Hannity didn't come from you. The, the weird lady from Democracy Now!, because I want to represent the left and the right, she didn't come for you either. Ariana Huffington didn't come for you either. None of them. Only Jesus did. And that's the only true north you can trust with your life. So, in the, this is, there, there, there's a, the Magi came because they saw a star. Which, you know, people have wondered what that was for years. Um, and now I want to remind you, there's astrology, right? That's like, hey, what's your sign? I'm a Gemini, Okay. And then there's astronomy, and that's science, Holmes. Okay, you got that? They're, there's, they're different now. 
Back then they didn't have astronomy. They didn't have telescopes. They didn't have the mathematical principles we have. They didn't have any of that. So they were working with what they got. And they laid laid at night and, you know, it was in the desert in the Middle East. So it was hot a lot of times. They slept on their roofs and they couldn't watch PewDiePie on their phone. And they couldn't watch the news. They couldn't watch TV and they couldn't read books. They didn't have books. They didn't have any of that. So you know what they did? They laid and they looked at the stars and they saw that the stars moved throughout the night and at different times they were moving. They didn't realize the stars were actually planets. They looked like stars to them. And they, they kind of built their worldview based on that. Now, in uh, the 1970s, there was a uh, astronomer, a scientist from the University of Minnesota. His name was Carlos Kaufmanis. And Carlos Kaufmanis decided he, he was very curious about the, the story he would hear about every year in church about the Magi. So he began to study the star of Bethlehem. He wanted to know. And uh, he was an astronomer. And I don't know if you know, but from... Um, from mathematical principles, from uh, Newton and, 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 and several other older scientists, they, they have figured out mathematically where the stars are going to be in the sky any time in history. So if you want to know where Mars was in, on May 3rd, 1492, they can do the math and boom, it's right there. They tell you where it is. If you want to know where Jupiter was in 1221, they can do the math and, oh, it was right there in the, in the sky. At any place in the world, because it's in a different place in the world, you know. Where, where, where Mars is in Clovis is going to be different in Israel. And they can tell you wherever you are. You can say, well, I want to know where Saturn was in 2000 BC on June 1st. And they'd be like, oh, well, what part of the world? Australia, right there. They can do it. Mathematics help because the planets have been moving at the same speed for that whole time. Right? So he started doing the research and he started doing the math. And um, one of the things that I'm going to spoil a couple things for you today. Okay, first and foremost, I don't know if you know, but Jesus wasn't really born on December 25th. You guys okay with that? Christmas miracle's been ruined. Okay, he wasn't. And then here, here's the other thing. Jesus wasn't really born 0 AD, okay? Um, one, there's no such thing as 0 AD, okay? It's either 1 BC or 1 AD, okay? That's the, way, that's the way history works. But Jesus wasn't born in 1 AD or 1 BC either. As a matter of fact, we know this for a fact. Um, you know, older scientists like Newton and those guys, they didn't know because they didn't have the same historical documents we have. One of the reasons we know Jesus wasn't born in 1 B.C. or 1 A.D. is for this. Um, so in the, in the story, when Jesus is born, there's a king. His name's Herod, right? Herod the Great was his name. And um, he's a real historical figure. There's all kinds of people that write about him. As a matter of fact, if you go to um, Bethlehem w- with me in, in March, it's, it's incredible. Uh, Herod's temple is there. And basically he may, had a man-made mountain built. It's the biggest in all of Israel. It, they, he had slaves build it just carrying dirt and buckets. And he made this incredible mountain. And on top of it is this incredible palace overlooking all of Bethlehem. Because he was going to keep an eye on Bethlehem just in case the Messiah was born. And, and he, he was this kind of larger than life figure. And, and you know, when, when the Magi come and they say, hey, we saw the star of Bethlehem, you know, where, 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 where's, where, where's the king of kings? He's like, no, 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 I'm the king here. I'm making Jerusalem great again. We don't need any other kings around here. So Kaufmanis does the math. And what, what he knew that, that other um, uh, 
astronomers didn't, is um, the writings of Josephus. He's a first century historian uh, uh, hired by the Romans. He was Jewish and he was hired by the Romans to do the history of first century Rome. And Josephus points out that Herod the Great died in 4 BC. So if Herod the Great died in 4 BC, that means Jesus had to be born sometime between 6 and 7 BC. So he began studying the night sky um, every day of the year in 6 and 7 BC to see if there was any anomalies. And here's what he found. He he found very quickly that on May 24th of 7 BC, the planet Jupiter and the planet Saturn came together to make an, you know, an incredibly bright star in the sky. And here's these, these astronomers. They're from the east. Mind you, where, where Assyria is, where Babylon was, where the prophet Daniel from the Bible was, and he brought the influence of Yahweh where all the Israelites had been exiled um, 700 years before. So the, all of these astronomers knew about all the Jewish writings. They knew about all those things. And they see the planet Jupiter and the planet Saturn come together. They don't know their planets. They just think they're stars. They come together and they make this, this bright star. And here's what I need you to know. Um, in, in, um, in that culture, the planet Jupiter was the star of kings. And they saw that the star of kings and then also the, the um, Saturn was the star of a, of, of, of a savior, a, 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 a saving type person, came together. And then here's the other, there's the crazy part. So um, the zodiac, there's a, in, in the ancient Near East, every zodiac symbol represented a region in the Middle East. And do you know what Pisces was? It was the nation, it was the, the area of Israel, Palestine, Israel. So on May 24th, 7 BC, the star of a king, the star of a savior come together in Pisces, in the night sky. And they said, oh my gosh, there's a king being born in Bethlehem. They're from the Babylonian empire, the Assyrian empire. There's a huge Jewish influence there. The scriptures have been translated there. They're there. They go, oh yeah, that's a Messiah the Jews were talking about. The king of kings, the prince of peace, that, let's go see him. Oh, never mind, it's May 24th. We're not traveling by foot across the desert. You think Fresno's hot in June, July. Those people, they'd be like 107. Psh. At eight at night, it's 107. I mean, they, they couldn't travel the desert by foot back then. So they, they let it go. Like, oh, well, I guess the king's born there. That's cool. But here's the thing. When Kaufmanis did, did, did the research, all the models showed that that same thing happened three times in one year. It, all, it happened again on November 1st. So now it's November 1st, and boom, it shows up again in Pisces. And they go, oh, my gosh, the star of the king, the star of the... Um, the, 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 the Savior in Israel is up again. Let's go. So they go. It takes about six weeks to cross the desert. Here's what I want you to know. They get to Jerusalem. When they get to Jerusalem, they, they, you know, the star's not there anymore. They, they ask around. They ask, where's the king of the Jews to be born? And that's when Herod finds out. But then it says in Matthew that the star appears again. Do you know that Kaufmanis' research found out that the star appeared again in December? A third time. And they followed it to Bethlehem, to Jesus. Now, I know there's some people, and, and I get it. I totally get you, because I, I, I tend to lean that way too, where you're like, listen, the faith thing, I, I, I just can't buy it. I, I believe in science. I believe in facts. I believe in things that are rational, things I can grab hold of. Well, 
duh. <laughs> you don't get more rational than that. And you can say it's a circumstance, you can say it's coincidence, but it's not. And the truth is, probably, if you don't buy that as something that happened in history, you have to understand something. It's mathematical, it's scientific, and it's historical. And if you're denying it right now as coincidence, I guarantee it's not logic that's holding you back from believing in Jesus. It's something deeper in your heart. Because if I were to bring the resurrected Jesus in front of you, and you could touch the holes in his hands and the holes in his side, you'd still find a reason not to to believe right now. And I want to challenge you with that. See, the truth is, and it's point number three, guys. The, will you get up and go? These magi had their own worldview. They saw how the stars operated and their whole worldview operated on this. And they, and they ended up God used that to show them that that wasn't the right, that wasn't it. That it's actually the maker of heaven. The very one who made those stars is the one there to worship. The, the one there to seek, the one there to learn about. Jesus, listen, in, at the end of Jesus' life, we've talked about the beginning, but at the end, he, on Palm Sunday, he's on top of the, the Mount of Olives, he gets on a donkey, and he rides down, and all the people are worshiping him. They're all chanting, Hosanna, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And they're waving palm branches, they're throwing their cloaks at his feet. And um, that actually wasn't anything new, I don't know if you know. In 150 AD, the Jews had done that to Judah Maccabees. Because what they were saying, that word Hosanna means save us, save us. Blessed is he who's come from God that's going to save us. And in 150 AD, Judah Maccabees was riding into Jerusalem because he was going to go to war and he was going to kick some butt and kick the pagans out of Jerusalem. And he did kick some butt and kick the pagans out of Jerusalem. So then 150 years later, now the Romans, the pagans are back and Jesus rides down and now everyone's worshiping him. Save us, save us. Blessed are you who come in the name of the Lord. And the, the Pharisees see all this happening and they, they come to Jesus and they're like, Jesus, ixnay on the worship way, okay? We got a good thing going here. The Romans, you tick them off. They're gonna level the whole city. We're all gonna die. Let's just tell your people to stop worshiping you right now. And Jesus said something fascinating. You know what he said? He said, I tell you, if they stop, the stones will cry out. I mean, like Mick Jagger's, we got praise the Lord. You know, what, what is that? <laughs> Keith Richards, we got Jesus. Uh, you know, what does that mean? Well, yeah, I, I'm just trying to keep you guys awake with inappropriate jokes. But here's the thing. We have pre-filled out complaint cards. You can drop in the offering at the end of your thing. So here's the deal. Um, he says, well, if they stop, the stones will cry. Here's what he was saying. I don't need them to. The very rock you're standing on, that's the third planet from a very small star among trillions of stars in the universe, among millions of galaxies in the universe, that very rock you're standing on, I made it, and all of it worships me. I don't need you to worship me. You get to worship me is what God's saying. 
And I love you so much, I've given you the choice whether you will or you won't. Because I respect you and your autonomy that much. And God loves you so much, he's given you that ability that you can logically deduct whether you will worship him or not. But here's the thing, you not worshiping him doesn't phase him one bit. And he says the stones will cry out. You know, um... I was watching Discovery Channel once and the African honeybee, I don't know if you know this about the African honeybee, it, they, the, the hive, it sends out scout bees and they go get pollen, you know, and then they, they come back to the hive and when they found some pollen, they start like shaking their rear end, you know, and that's like, you know, their, their milkshake brings all the boys to the yard, I guess. I don't know what, what that is, but, but here's, what, here's what they're doing. They're actually, by shaking their rear end, they're communicating with all the bees in the hive. And they're giving coordinates via the sun, where the sun is in the daytime sky and the helio rise, of where the pollen is. And then all the bees, they go get it. And then here's the crazy part. As the sun moves in the sky, the bee changes its dance and coordinates as the sun moves and gives the bees new coordinates to, to, to the place. What? That's God. He doesn't need you to worship him. You get to. But you're going to have to choose to because you only worship something you're in awe of. And God took these pagans, these guys that were on the outside, and he used their pagan stars and all that. And he already knew before the humans had even created the zodiac and all that mumbo jumbo. He knew when the Savior was going to be born. He knew all of that. And he planned it out. And the Bible says it was in the fullness of time that Jesus would be born on that day, on that moment, for those three guys so that they could know the God that made the stars that they were worshiping. So this morning, I want to challenge you. See, some of you, you know, there were other magi in the East that knew about this. I'm going to ruin the nativity for you too. We, we don't know if there were three magi. There could have been 40, there could have been two. We know they were plural. They weren't mag, they were magi. <laughs> Oxen, boxen, okay, so um, foxen. So there's, we don't know how many there were, but we know there had to be other magi in the east that were like, king, kings, Jewish, savior. I'm good here. I'm good with what I got, my own worldview. I'm good with my three hours of conservative talk radio or liberal internet articles or, or uh, my own little bumper sticker philosophy. And I feel very content here. And they didn't go. And they missed out on something that would change their life. Because Jesus said this, he said, I came that you might have life and have it abundantly. God, Jesus came to wake you out of your spiritual slumber so that you could have a relationship with the living God. That you could be remade to be the person you were always created to be. There's something in the heart of every one of us that we feel like we're not, everything's not the way it's supposed to be. I'm not who I'm supposed to be. And the truth of the matter is you never will until you set your heart on the true star, Jesus, and start following. And the Bible says this, but as many as received him to those who believed in his name, he gave them the right. So he's given you that choice today, whether you want to follow Jesus or not, whether you want to invite Jesus in. And I, I want to encourage you this morning, 
Maybe today's the day. I was 17 years old, I remember. I'd gone to church a lot. I knew a lot about Jesus. But at 17, I was in a hotel room in Minneapolis, Minnesota, and I, I knew. I said, oh, man, this is real. Jesus is real. This is more than just like some like thing I do on Sundays. This is real. And I remember, I just said, okay, God, I'm in. I get it. I got on my hands and knees. I said, I got it. I, I'm in. This, you're real. Okay, let's do this. I'll go where you want. I'll do what you want. Just have grace with me and don't send me to Fresno, okay? For some of you, today is that day. Why are you putting it off? The abundant life that Jesus has for you. I'm going to lead us in a prayer right now. And I, I want to encourage you to pray along. And um, you can have the ability to invite Christ into your life. Or maybe today is the day you rededicate your life. Wherever you're at, we're all in different places. So let's pray.